Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best founders and investors to help you scale a business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is a very special one. Her name is Laura, the general partner at Latin Leap. It's, it's with great pleasure that I welcome you, Laura, because it's kind of the, the third investor in LATAM, the third female investor in LATAM that I have on the show, which is amazing, which shows that we have more and more female investors represented uh, on the show and also in the in the ecosystem so it's with great pleasure that I welcome you and uh, and welcome to to the show Laura thank you Mike it's a great pleasure for me being here also and especially with that introduction of being the first female uh, investor in the podcast that's that's a great uh, milestone and definitely the third, uh, it was my pronunciation, but the, the first in the Spanish-speaking LATAM. So okay. it, it's still correct. <laughs> so we had two Brazilian investors in, in LATAM, one from Canary, Isabel, and uh, the other one, Laura, from um, Astela, uh, and, and now Laura in Latin okay, Lame. First Lame. Spanish speaking, speaking in Latin America investor. Okay, that, that's still a milestone. <laughs> it will be the title of the episode. It sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So let's get let's get to know more about you and uh, how did you went uh, starting up Latin Leap and a little bit of, of your career before that. Okay, so a little bit of my background. I I think I knew I was an entrepreneur from the day I was born. Like um, since I remember, I, I think that my first business um, I started at five years old, um, and my wow. I just remember my father being so proud to see that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, uh, so yeah, I started in a very funny way, not something that we should uh, get deep to now because uh, it was. Uh, kind of a scam. Uh, I was mm -hmm. selling this wheels. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember. There, there was some like a game, like like a mon monopoly kind of game that was right. called La Millonaria. So yeah. the little bills were exactly the same in design as the real bills. So I got uh -huh. them and I started a business in school and I started selling them because I saw that my my father had this one dollar bill in his wallet <laughs> and I asked him why do you have one why have this dollar bill and it was like um folded in a very specific way and he told me it's for luck it's for bringing more money into the wallet and right. I was like oh this is a concept everybody wants everybody wants more money in their wallet <laughs> so I got this um the bills of the game of of the board game and I fold them and I started selling them at school for good luck. Like this is for bringing you uh, more money. And, and I follow them and, and they were worth their exact same worth than, than in the real life, right? So if right. it was 50 pesos in that or 100 pesos in that, um, in that time, then that was what, what I sold them for. Mm -hmm. So my, my father was um, called from the school because no kids were eating. They were getting their lunch money <laughs> and, give, and giving it to, to me uh, to buy this, um, the, the, these bills. So at the end, I was suspended for a day because you weren't supposed to, you know, education is not very entrepreneurial supportive. So I shouldn't be selling anything at school. Um, wow. And especially I was living like bigger kids, like fifth, Great kids were buying these things and everything. So, so it became a thing at school. Um, and I was suspended a lot of times after that. And my father was called into the school for a lot of times because every year I was selling something different. Uh, so I was mm -hmm. starting a business in from, from school. So Amazing. I knew I was an entrepreneur, and but I decided to go to law school because I didn't want anybody to tell me how to do my business, right? I wanted to understand the contracts I signed and not be told, oh, you can do that because by the law, you have to do it this way or this other way. So I got to law school. Wow. And um, I, I started a business, my first business, my first real business, like to say right. it in a way. I was, your, uh, your first um, legal business yes. <laughs> after learning <laughs> law let's call it my first company like exactly um, and and it was also a very nice 
story because I just decided to do something to pull something off that everybody was telling me it's too big for you you're small you're just like starting college and what are you doing uh, but I, I I kind of figure it out and and find my way through it um, and then uh, when I when I was going to start my career my mom made me promise that I was going to learn with somebody else's money so just go to a corporate job for one year. I know that that's not your life, but just do it to learn more from, from the people that already did it, right? Um, so I, 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 I usually used to do my way, but that I gave to her and I say, okay. And then I got into the corporate world and I understood that it's really a, a great school, right? Uh, a lot of things that I wasn't able or wasn't going to learn at university, I was going, I was able to learn from really looking at the people that do better business, do their business. So I always try to be very close to the owner or the CEO. Like if I had to get him coffee, whatever I had to do in order <laughs> to listen to the conversations and train myself. So I was there for a year, as I promised, like I had my resignation letter from the day I started with the date of one wow. year, that was the promise. Um, but I was able to learn a lot of the corporate world and stop maybe satanizing it so much. Like as an entrepreneur, you think of the, that's something that I right. don't ever do. <laughs> no, but, but allergy I, to yeah, the corporate a, world. <laughs> But I understood, I started getting it as a huge, uh, as a huge um, source of, of learning. Okay. Um, so then after that, I, again, started, uh, I, I, I went out from the corporate world to start my businesses, which was my plan. And I founded five companies. And then something oh. happened. I had a huge exit at 22, maybe. And I was already ready to uh, have, um, if, if I had invested it, I could have a retirement plan at that age. But I invested wow. everything in my next venture. And I lost everything in that next venture. So wow. a huge exit, a huge downfall. Um, I was nine months pregnant. That was, I think I was, yeah, 28 at that time, I, five years after I create, I, after I started that company or six years. And I was pregnant with my second daughter. So at nine months pregnant, I lost everything. Like I literally wow. I almost had to go with my brand, give it to the bank. So that was, uh, that was a huge teaching. And I also understood there that, uh, there's something much better than an MBA and it's having a business failure. Like not yes. when you're starting, but after you invested so many, like so much time, eight years of your life and so much money and just yes. realizing that it's just not going to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. That that feeling of failure is huge. So I went back to the corporate world again. Uh, after that, and I went, I had the great opportunity of going to one of the biggest uh, financial conglomerates in Latin America mm -hmm. uh, that has presence all over from Mexico to Argentina. Uh, and I was oh. able to learn a lot there too. So I, I was able to see entrepreneurship from another barrier and it was the investment side, right? right. Uh, so I lead the innovation department and mm -hmm. of course they wanted it to be very entrepreneurial to create the new businesses for the group, the, the business of, for the future of the group. And we also created this CVC arm uh, to invest in companies all around the world that were doing something disruptive in the areas of interest of the group so we can bring them down to Latin America and enable the transformation of of the group. So I learned to be at the investor side there, which I also had it like, oh, they're just putting money in. They don't know what, what real work is. <laughs> you know, we are the ones that broke our asses off trying to build a company and they just pull in money. Um, right. But I, I changed the way I 
looked at things and I started seeing how it's really uh, like gas for for creation because startups, mm -hmm. you know, entrepreneurship is creation, creating a vision and bringing right. it to life. And in order to do that, you need building blocks and part of those building blocks is capital. Uh, so if you have what we call smart capital, which everybody talks about smart capital, and every fund says that it's a smart capital, but at the end, the real smart capital, the ones that really give you more than money and give you knowledge and a network and whatever they can bring to the table, um, it, it really makes a difference on the company. And having those accompany you, not only expecting to drag like to, to get out in five years with a multiple with a 2x 10x whatever um but that really want to see you win uh it makes a difference um Absolutely. and in the mindset and in the mental health of the entrepreneur have that kind of support is very important so i changed my mind towards investment and when i went out of the corporate world after five years i i thought i was going to stay one like last time but it <laughs> ended up growing in me i was learning so much and and it was such a huge nice amazing opportunity that i end up staying uh, for longer than i thought so i went out and said okay i will have a sabbatical which is mm -hmm. a luxury and I never thought that I would take a sabbatical. Um, Amazing. 15 days after my sabbatical was started, <laughs> okay. I was called by Stefan, the general partner of Latin Leaf. Uh, that who, who has been on, on the show, on episodes the show, yeah. 239, by the way, for the ones who want to get to listen to that one. And sorry, you, you get to know Stefan uh, 15, days, 15 days after. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I, I knew Stefan from before. Uh, and we had a lot of conversations when he was creating Latin Live and around how to make it and how was our experience in by creating the CVC arm, how how my experience was with investing abroad, but to bring to Latin America and how that could help the development model in the region. And we started having these conversations and that's when Latin Leap was born and it it is very aligned to what I was doing actually in the in the VC fund. So he called me and told me that he was thinking about creating a new fund in Latin Leap. Uh, this would be, I think, the third fund and and that but but it was all about education. And after wow. you have kids, uh, like <laughs> and, and if you have software school like I did, I hated school. Like it was a nightmare for me. Uh, it was <laughs> it was trying to be in a mold that I didn't belong to. It was right. tight for me, right? And I over I I, I always felt like um, I had no much of a talent because I wasn't the math genius that stayed that stays right. seated eight hours in a desk. You were a rebel. <laughs> and I'm a little more hyperactive, so. <laughs> So it was not, I was never good enough, right? I had that label on For me. the system, right? <laughs> For the system, right. Um, so, so when I had kids and I had to send them to school, I was, is this really the best thing I can do for them? Is there any more out there? How can we change this system from content, just induction, like you, you start pressing content to the kids, but how to change it to a system of more, mindset uh, setting that enables them for life, right? And mm -hmm. they will find the content they need naturally. Uh, so I was in this, in this really, in this place of, of wondering how can I do better for them? And that was when I received the call and he told me that he wanted to create this fund, thinking about changing education. And it was like perfectly aligned and I couldn't do anything else than say yes. So I had a big <laughs> 15 day sabbatical <laughs> and that's how I ended up in Latin Live now. 
no backpacking, no no, no travel around the world. Uh, Just did my bachelor. <laughs> no time for how I expected it. For, for anything. Amazing story and congratulations for uh, for the amazing story you have. So I, I can understand why we were having the conversation before starting the podcast, how you can emphasize for the ones who are going through uh, roller coaster and, and business around their lives and ups and downs and emotional ups and downs it's it's very good to to have you on the other side as a friend or as a partner in in business cool and uh, latin leap for the ones who are listening to to this episode first and were not able to listen to stefan what is latin leap about uh, what is your thesis etc okay i will tell you about latin leap in general but I yeah. will concentrate in the third font, which is the one that I'm in right, right now, right? Uh, in which partner. Yeah. So Latin Leap in general, it's a venture capital firm that it's a non-traditional in the sense that uh, it in Latin America, it invests in it invests especially in companies abroad, mm -hmm. uh, mainly with the thesis of emerging markets to emerging markets. So mm -hmm. think about uh, Southeast Asia. Southeast right. Asia has a lot of similarities with Latin America, even though they are so far away, we have we still have the same problems. We struggle with third world problems, right? Um, right. Um, so there are a lot of solutions that come out from South, from Southeast Asia, taking um, Singapore as a hub, Mm -hmm. and that can help us also bring forward the region. So Leap invests in those kind of solutions to bring them to soft, to help them soft land in Latin America and mm -hmm. create uh, and create a better uh, future for the region. So that's Leap. So mm -hmm. Mental Operating System, which is our MOS fund, which is our, mm -hmm. our, our, our this third fund, it's all about how can we really use capital to again help the region move forward and in mm -hmm. that sense we decided that uh we we are non-traditional also in a way that we are not a venture fund that concentrates in verticals like almost every every venture capital that right. i am in fintech health tech we of course invest in verticals but that's not our thesis so mm -hmm. our main thesis is about solving one problem and is how can we reconfigurate the social contract in Latin America? Quit, like that it's absolutely broken. Mm -hmm. uh, if you think of every problem that Latin America has right now, it can be, we are the most unequal region of the whole planet. Mm -hmm. uh, we, the levels of competitive, competitiveness, I don't know if mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah, word, it's perfect. Are very low. Uh, so inequality, poverty, violence, um, corruption, there's a lot of problems. And all of those problems have a root cause in the mindsets of Latin Americans. So how can we shift the mindsets to change the narratives that we tell ourselves mm -hmm. to better propel the region and create a more sustainable and a better um, Right. Yeah, development model for the region. So that's what the fund does. The fund invests in companies wherever they are in the world mm -hmm. that are changing or help us reconfigurate that social contract, bring them, soft land them in Latin America mm -hmm. through our partners and allies that can be corporates or government or whatever, to make them scale faster in in in, in less time, uh, right. and create an impact. So that's what the fund is about. And uh, typically, in terms of stages of of growth, is it typically post Series A because they already B need plus, to be? In... It's B plus, especially because yeah. if you want to bring models to other parts of the world. If you don't have a perfect product market fit, right. if you're not already growing in your own region, it doesn't make sense to go out, right? So that's why okay. we focus in B plus, um, in series B plus for investments. Makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something that I, that I can see is our passion for uh, Latin America. You are based in, in Bogota, uh, Colombia. Um, why, why do you have this purpose? Because of course you you also have a international experience and international view. 
uh, of the world. Uh, I think that's some of the reasons why it's what you just shared uh, before. But is there anything else that what is kind of your vision for the reason why what what would be your legacy? Because I can see that you are very very driven by leaving a, a legacy by a purpose, etc. I can see your passion when you when you speak. It is a challenge, and it, I I will admit that it's a roller coaster. There are days that I wake up and I say, Latin America has no future. What, what are we even doing? <laughs> not even and I see the news and, and I just like, there are times like in any endeavor that you just want to give up, right? Exactly. But at the end, what keeps me going is that I do know that we are an amazing region in terms of we are 50% of the world's biodiversity is in Latin America, right? 50%, like half of world's biodiversity. It's concentrated in this region. So that's one. But then there's another one, and it's that, that makes us very exuberant, very um, like the cultural richness, uh, the, 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 there is, it's like, I, I will give, give you a metaphor that it's very, mm -hmm very visual. Mm -hmm. If you ask me about Latin America and how I imagine, if I close my eyes, I yeah. see this little girl, right? We're still young. Like we yeah. haven't, we haven't gone, we, we are not an ancient old woman like Europe that's already, that has wisdom, but it's not already, it's not fertile anymore. You can say that. <laughs> exactly. but it's very, he has been the queen. Um, like we are and, young and this trying to expand longevity and becoming young again <laughs> but it's, it's, it doesn't work that's, that far. that's more like china china is like an old woman with the steroids right like exactly true that, exactly <laughs> but, <Love> this analogy <laughs> latin america is a young girl who's been raped who's been beaten up who's oh like it's she's just on the ground with so much heartbreak and uh, like she's the she's the one she she has all the power within her but she has been so beaten up and so uh, outraged like so so yeah so exploited that mm -hmm. she's just she needs to heal but she's seated in the middle of Versailles, right? Versailles. <laughs> the middle of a golden palace. Mm -hmm. Latin America is the place where you're hungry and you just take your arm up and grab a mango and you can eat, right? We don't have okay. season. So we didn't have to prepare like Europeans. Uh, we don't have to prepare for winter. And that's something that it's in our mindsets too. We don't know how to plan for the future. But because we have everything. And it's there, like oh. you, you just have to grab it. So it's such Imagine a yourself. rich, it's such a rich place, but it has been again so beaten, so violated, so that that it's a little girl that needs to heal mm -hmm. and to be aware of her superpower to mm -hmm. just like a phoenix, just to raise from right. the ash. And that's what I hope for for Latin America. And there are two ways right now to go. And that's, this is, I know it's like poetical, but, but I, I see it as we are in the, in, the, in the edge of a cliff right now. Mm -hmm. We are in the middle of an exponential era where we're like velocity, it's undeniable, right? Mm -hmm. We are, makers will say that we will be facing, I think like, I don't know, 20,000 years uh, mm -hmm. uh, in, in just a hundred years span. Uh, everything is moving so fast that with the eternal catching up strategy of Latin America, we are only going to be left behind and now forever. Because if you spend billions and billions of dollars trying to get the, the region to develop, when you are already in that point of development that you aimed for, you're already mm -hmm. 100 years behind. Yeah. So right now we're in that in that in that edge where we either we leapfrog mm -hmm. and move forward and again like the phoenix, we just find right. strength to, to that we do have because this is a very strong mm -hmm. like 
you see it in the people, right? That's yeah. why we are violent. Also, we we have this strength. We have this resilience. Strong convictions. Yeah. Either we use that in a good way and just move forward and leapfrog, or we would be left behind in a way that Yuval Harari in his Sapiens book called the useless class. So I think that we are right now in a point. We have a window in which we either become the useless class for the world of the future, or we leapfrog and become a sustainable ex example of development model that's different, uh, that is easier for us to do because we haven't invested as much as other regions have in order to get their development models. So we're right. still early and we can learn and we can do it in a different way. And that's, mm -hmm. that's why I'm so passionate about Latin America because I do think that the next the next development model for a new world for for a new economy can yeah. easily born here if we heal fast and if we try to have a vision of the future that unite us to do that and examples like this is not a great example again but singapore mm -hmm. did it it's yeah. not a great example because of how they did it and what happened what had to happen there to become mm -hmm. what they become right but they leapfrog yeah. israel is another example of leapfrogging uh, yes. and i do think that we have that but we have to fi find a way and figure out a way of heal and jump amazing and uh, and how, how do you see the the evolution that we are seeing in the last let's say four or five years where definitely investments are going up uh, a lot in, in the region with a lot of American funds also coming to invest in the region like Founders Fund, General Catalysts, Andreessen Orovitz and, and others. And we see more and more, of course, there is now this downturn where, where funds are a little bit more reluctant, but uh, those LPs have, have so, ma so many capital at the moment that they need to expand their investments. There is no not enough uh, deal flow in the US to to be able to deploy so much capital so they need to look abroad and especially now with China being a little bit more closed also for the American funds again uh, Latin America stays uh, as a very important option and and in the same time zone almost for for the US but in other words how do you see the next 10 years for the ecosystem with with Latin leap and uh, and on your perspective I think it's a great opportunity but also a great challenge a great opportunity in terms of the region has developed very fast its ecosystem. It's not the same as 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so right now we have more uh, international visions so you can scale. You're not creating your company only to attend your little market You're in your city or even your country if you were thinking too far. Uh, but now we're thinking regionally and we're thinking worldwide, right? So I think that the vision and the maturity of the ecosystem, it's not quite there yet, but it's, it has grown uh, in a very like fast-paced uh, way um, mm -hmm. until now. So I think that we, we have a great opportunity, but also I think of it as a challenge because you don't want to distort the market so much that you end up having all these companies that are not profitable, but it's all about growth, 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 right? right. And that kind of model, it's not, I don't think it's a sustainable model. And I don't mm -hmm. think that's the model where Latin America wants to be bucketed in. Mm -hmm. So the opportunity is how do we find a way to use that money in smart ways that really move the region forward? Uh, okay. Not only about making billions for the entrepreneur, but how do we really help the, the region develop? Problems, right. How do we solve the real problems, which are not the same problems that you have in other parts of the world? Exactly. This is not a first world problem where you have to, and it, it's not, there's nothing bad with it. But yeah, uh, yeah the delivery, well, that's a problem that that, I'm not sure if that's what we mo most need right yeah, now. Exactly. So how can we shift to those more sustainable models that that really attend the problems that can change the region? Mm -hmm. um, and also, I would challenge your statement in a way that we were that 
in that space. But I don't know if that's where we are going to be at next year or in the next two years or in the next three, right? Because okay. the whole, love it. The, yeah, the whole, um, uh, love, love the fact that you charge me. That's part of the show. The whole landscape <laughs> right now in the world, uh, it's, 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 it's changing rapidly. Yeah. So I don't know if the levels of investment that we had last year or even this year will be will be the same as in the next following years because it depends right. also on the global output, right? Right. Uh, so let's see, let's hope. Um, but I think that we have to prepare as a whole in the VC industry also for um, a time in which money is not going to be pouring in just yeah. like it was a again a huge opportunity because then you are not buying at a super yeah, yes. super big valuation right? valuations but you would be more reasonable in the valuations and get a and get the market a little less distorted it was becoming also a problem for the economics of the fund, right? Uh, the such high valuations, it was being difficult to really build a thesis uh, and uh, and the maths for the fund uh, out of uh, those valuations. Yes, but I would love to see VC capital, like venture capital uh, or VC money, to come from from all over the world to really bet on a region that can that can hold a light in the future of 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 a new kind of order right yeah. i know it sounds super romantic but i do believe that we are shifting from an old model to a new model right. enabled of course by technology too but um but in that shift i think that latin american can can build itself up um mm -hmm. in a way that can mean a great opportunity for the world to bet on the region. Yeah. Something interesting before kind of tapping some of your lessons as an entrepreneur, as building your CVC and also with Latin Leap, um, just a, a, something common that I see a lot is are companies building there or expanding through the Spanish-speaking Latin or uh, starting up and scaling up just via Brazil. And when they try to get out of Brazil to conquer the Spanish speaking side, usually they have a hard time. And the ones who are expanding through the Spanish speaking Latin then have a hard time jumping into, into Brazil. Do you see two uh, Latins uh, or just one? Uh, what, are, what is your view as an insider of, of the region in, in that perspective? There's one Latin, but there's no one Latin market. You can think of Latin America as a whole. Uh, not even, not not even just Spanish speaking and and, and non-Spanish. Exactly. It's even more fragmented than that. If you really get to know the region, you understand that there are similarities throughout the markets, but they are very There are a lot of specificities also uh, regarding each market. Mm -hmm. So it's not the same. Uh, like La Brazil, it's a it's an animal by itself, right? Not only <laughs> in size, but in the way it works and functions. And Latin America has a lot, Latin America's market has a lot to do also with trust. You have to trust who you're who you're doing business with. It's not an it's like in the US, everything it's not personal. In here, everything is personal, though you want to make it another way, and you can say it, Latin America is personal. So it's very important to build that trust. So when you want to get into the Latin American market, you want a local ally. And that's mm -hmm. what that's where Latin Leap has found has found its space, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't want to get in from Southeast Asia or from the US or from wherever okay. alone. Um, mm -hmm. You have to be very big uh, to, to just try to make it that way, but it's harder and you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's easier to navigate the whole system with somebody that knows the system uh, and that knows the people and that knows its complexities. So when you are trying to scale in Latin America, you have to see the market not as a, oh, I'm entering the Latin American market. So I can do, uh, I can deploy operations in Colombia and now I get all throughout 
the 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 other countries you have to really have a strategy that lets you understand your like the stages of that growth where you want to go to head next why and how and with who mm -hmm. uh, so it's not just a uh, yeah, um, let's get into Latin America and we will be tomorrow in all the countries and it would be the same. Not operation-wise, maybe not um, UX-wise, like there right. are some things that you would need to, 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 to do to really have your fit in, in each of the different markets. Right, good, good point. And um, of course, we would not have time to go to uh, to a lot of detail into each of your stages and uh, that you shared in the in the first part of the show uh, on your story, but if you'd have to summarize some of your lessons learned uh, as an entrepreneur building the the CVC being in the corporate side and now being in the uh, you have been on the CVC also in the investor side but but with a corporate uh, behind now uh, as a financial or let's say VC or a classic and VC, what were some of the lessons learned that you'd like to share with, with the audience from the different ads that you had in your career so far? I think that the first one is there's no learning without failing. Mm -hmm. So when you start seeing your failures as failures that when they don't define it, like it, it is very hard when you have, when you, when you have, when you just fail, to separate the fact that I failed in this, but that doesn't mean I am a failure. Exactly. Right? And that is so easy to say, exactly. but so <laughs> hard to really comprehend when you're in the middle of a crisis. Okay. So failure is just part of the, part of the road. You sign in for entrepreneurship, not for a one-way ticket. Like it's not for one destination ticket. You are not. You don't sign in. Okay, I will. I will. I will uh, found my company today to be a unicorn tomorrow. That's a fake, and I think very uh, no nocive. Yeah. Dangerous. Yeah. Okay. It, when you are signing in for being an entrepreneur, you're signing in for a whole journey. And the journey, and if you are signing in, you know that that journey will have ups and downs. And that would, you would probably statistically need to make at least 10 companies and see which one pop out. But you don't know if the one that's going to, to work, it's the first one or the 10th one. Or the <laughs> But you have to sign in for the whole ride. And usually we're getting people to sign in into entrepreneurship for a one one stop ticket. And that's right. just not true. And again, what we were discussing at the beginning, yep. that is just causing so much damage uh, in the mental wellness of the entrepreneur of the entrepreneurs, right? Yep. Um, so you're signing in for a journey. Uh, that's a big lesson for me. And that's a lesson that you can apply not only for entrepreneurship, but for life as a whole, exactly. even in investment, you're all, all also signing in for a journey that would have a learning curve, that um, that will have its it ups and its ups and downs. And as long as you're not enjoying the journey, it's going to be hell because it's hard. Yeah. So if you don't want it to be hell, know that you're signing in for a ride of ups and downs. That's a major discovery for me. Yeah. The second one would be. Uh, good companies like the, we 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 think and it has to do with the first one with we we tend to generalize narratives that are not true so the statistic also show us that entrepreneurs that are more than 40 years old mm -hmm. that it's not their first company that the company has at least 7 years um of functioning and it has in those seven years, the company can be has been seven different companies, right? So you invest in one, but you end up in, but actually you end up investing in the seventh, which is the same company, but just the pivoting in the in 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 the term, right? Absolutely. So so you have to know that you are really, and this is also something that you hear often, but you're investing in an entrepreneur. 
and 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 you can't invest thinking of the uh, of the statistic accident, which is great to have in your portfolio. Uh, mm -hmm. But you have to think about how the portfolio can each company by its own uh, mm -hmm. is really able to make it through because of its entrepreneur, because it's a mm -hmm. di direct reflection of its team. Um, so I think that those lessons are important. And 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 the third one and, and final one is that it's all an inner journey. Mm -hmm. uh, the outer journey is a reflection of that inner journey. So if you understand yourself early, if you know yourself early, if you uh, understand what you really want and know what the social script has, has <laughs> told you that you have to like, you know, when you really, really well, it brings a clarity that it will just unfold with, within anything you do. Yeah. So I think that that would be my lesson so far, my my biggest lesson. Love it. So definitely, I think that we are super aligned. Uh, that's the the path or the entrepreneurship path really is a is a, a, a self discovery or a self understanding of uh, yourself. And given the the density or the how it, how how hard it is, the emotional roller coaster you will face all your demons. So they will all come to catch you and you'll be able to see them on the face, talk to them, sort them out. And if, if, you, if you are not able to, to, to see them on the face, they will stay there and, and it will be uh, even more uh, a nightmare. But the good part and, and also showing the bright side of, of entrepreneurship is that when you are able to go through uh, this process of understanding yourself, understanding what are some of the of the issues that you need to solve in, in within you that you, you don't know about, uh, you 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 kind of see what what you were talking about the the phoenix. And I was talking before the podcast. It was it is an amazing coincidence or not <laughs> that before I joined, I was talking with my wife about the 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 phoenix, the importance of uh, of the phoenix and uh, about our different moments of our life uh, as a couple and uh, as entrepreneurs ourselves as well so curious that we are recording today after that conversation at lunch <laughs> i think that entrepreneurship is um like a peel a concentrated peel of the joseph campbell's hero's journey right so it's mm -hmm. like if you take any other thing in life like just a safe safe place being in a safe place for all your life you will sort of your demons now and right. then life will find the way to throw you things to get you to where that's you true are. yeah but we when you sign in for this kind of journey it's like you're taking it's red pill or blue pill like you're, you're, <laughs> true you accelerate that process shot. it's like you're not drinking you're you're getting it everything in a shot it's an opportunity to it's a tool to Super. get you quicker, like amplified those exactly. hero's journey, right? Uh, you and you said it perfectly. You you just have to face your demons, like right in front of your face, and just cut them, cut their heads off, and find <laughs> out to, to to get on again, right? So um, and and you have to find join that you exactly. know when you start finding the joy in the ride and Love this it. is like this is so cliche everybody says this but yeah. but one thing is to say it and understand it and another one is when you correct what thinks and yeah. when it really sinks and you understand that all of this journey has just been such a huge and amazing tool for me to get to know me better and to grow more every day yeah. that's when the magic happens absolutely i would not say would not have said it uh, better than than what you did so let's go into the last segment of the show with this amazing uh, reflection and let's start with the free self reflective questions if you have the opportunity uh, to meet laura for a coffee at the beginning of your journey with Latin Leap, uh, what advice would you offer to your younger Lauren? Get off 
of your ego trip. That's the first one. Like it's nothing is easy. It's harder than you think, but just prepare to enjoy that hard. That I think that that would be, and don't lose your grit because <laughs> I, I have lost my grit so many times. Uh, but I, I I also I also find a way to figure out how to get it again. So always get the way get get away like always find a way to get it again. That that would be it. amazing. What are you the most proud on on your journey so far? getting up again back and back and back again um it's so much easier for me to look back and see what has gone wrong and i really don't take the time to recognize you have seen it in this conversation i have talked more about failure than the things that i've done well uh and and just realize that there are so much things that we also do good that are the ones that pull us back over when we're down um that's what i am most proud of myself always get always get back yeah and allow me just to open a parenthesis here still related with the with the conversation that we were having just to incentivize people to get a therapist you don't need to go through this process uh, alone i i do it myself with with a therapist and uh, it really needs support to go through these ups and downs being an entrepreneur is already so difficult there are so many challenges going through these personal challenges uh, seek help uh, as we do with business seek help also when you are getting to know more about yourself right? and have a great partner like marriage is a key like great if point. you have a great partner that when you're down will just help you out, and hopefully you would have something like Alejo and I have that it's we are not thank god we are not like we we don't do, go up and down at the same time exactly. so we are a, a cyclical right so when I'm down he grabs me in and he's up uh, and when he's down, I just grab himself up and just slap him. And come on, there's a lot of great things out there. It helps. Let's let's go. So I think that having a great partner in life, it's such it makes such a difference. Absolutely, great point. Worst advice ever received. They know better. I have some of my biggest mistakes have been because I think that somebody they have done it more right. times than I do. So maybe my intuition is I, I, I don't trust myself. They will do better, and I tend to give away power because they know better. And sometimes you we don't fail. follow and our you, intuition. And if you fail, it's better to fail be, and owning <laughs> exactly. your own your own mistakes than just because you gave away that power you know like they know better that's the worst advice for me that i have received love it i think that we are quite aligned on on that one uh as well listening listening is good but listening too much and not following your your own intuition uh sometimes it's it's very bad and also the overwhelming of of feedback so always seeking for advice always seeking for for approval, uh, right? Because you yeah. have to seek for advice and you have to listen to everybody. But at yeah. the end, at the end, it's your decision. You have, to be, you have to be able to make the right choice and stick with it and just own it. Yeah. And not go to the that's also also going to the safe space. Oh, they told me that and they know better. It's so a... I will go that because they know better you you have to have that filter uh it doesn't mean don't listen listen to yeah. everybody correct but just take a step down and make your own choice and own it that uh, yeah for me that's the worst advice ever received just love it and finally the resources um Favorite book, business or non-business? This is the, the purpose is to get to know you better on, on the show. So feel free. 
definitely Conversations with God was a book that changed my life. And I have read everybody thinks that there are only three, but there's a fourth one. So one, mm -hmm. two, three, and four. I love them all. It changed completely my perspective. I'm not religious uh, because it sounds like a religious book, but it's not. not um, it's it's about the relationship with the wholeness or with something bigger. That's it. It's, mm -hmm. uh, and and it changed completely my perspective on a lot of things about love to see love as abundant and not something that you owned and uh, the attachment and it just changed the views of a lot of things that you grow up with naturally and that you think that that's it and it's it get challenged in a very beautiful way so I love the book and also supernatural from Joe Dispenza like to to be aware that's of your fine. biases and how you can control your your biochemistry through changing and rewiring your brain, how you can own yourself, right? Uh, that's so such a powerful concept. Uh, so I think that those are my favorite ones. And favorite movie or series? Favorite movie or series. Um, this will tell that I am a Keanu Reeves fan because it has him in common, but uh, the first one would be uh, Devil's Advocate. Mm -hmm. right. I love that, that film. And The Matrix. I, I think right. that those, those two films are definitely my, my favorite ones. And finally, your favorite podcast, excluding this one. <laughs> oh, that was such an easy answer. <laughs> um. I like a lot of podcasts that talk about mindset and there are plenty of them. So, you know, exactly. we have Tom Bilyeu, uh, we have yeah. like the all the flow research kind of things. So no, I, I'm, I am usually listening to a lot of podcasts that talk about, that help me recalibrate my mindset. That, 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 that's kind of my thing. Laura, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for, for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. And to our community, thanks for being on that side and watching us and listening to us. We, we are here to support you on your journey from 0 to 1, 1 to 10, and 10 to 100. See you soon, and keep scaling.